0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that thirty-five bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this, synomics this synomics. podcast, Podcast. Yo, what's going on people, you're listening to Dishonomics, of course, this is the Dishonomics podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week coming ahead as we come to the end of the year, the last full week of November. By the time we're hearing this, the World Cup would have commenced, Qatar hosting nation take on Ecuador. And for those ladies who are annoyed at the never ending football, I'm sorry, you're just gonna have to hold that man, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, But first things first, more importantly, let's check out the previous weeks the previous midweek podcast regarding the autumn statement every year there's two statements spring statement autumn statement the spring statement is known as a budget Red briefcase, all that type of stuff. An autumn statement is like a precursor for the spring statement, right? And what is spoken of in these statements, the state of the UK economy, and what's gonna happen with our public finances in terms of spending, potential cuts, keeping things the same, are we gonna increase taxes, are we gonna remove taxes, are we are gonna keep taxes the same? What are we, is there gonna be investment into the economy? All that type of stuff is discussed in the statement. So Jeremy Hunt, new chancellor, announced the autumn, autumn statement on Wednesday. No, Thursday, I believe. And I went through the details, I broke it down for you. So to find out how it impacts your pockets in terms of taxing and businesses and so on and so forth, please check out that episode, very important one. But today we're talking football, but more the economics and politics of football as it pertains to the Qatar World Cup. Yeah, we've got to talk about why is this World Cup so expensive? What is the dramas around the World Cup? How they got the World Cup in the first place? So on and so forth. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Lego. Hiya, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Yo, people, what's going on? What's going on? Yes, we are in World Cup season and it must feel weird because like the idea, I, I I can't lie. I usually look forward to every World Cup, but this one I have not looked forward to because it's just too weird. Usually the football season ends in May and then the World Cup commences in June and finishes at the beginning of July. And you have to build up to the World Cup. All the football focus is off the club season and onto the international season, uh, international tournament with friendlies played before, all that type of stuff. This World Cup has almost kind of creeped up on us. Like I couldn't tell you who's playing who and when. That's how much I haven't paid attention to this World Cup. It's just very, very strange. And the fact that it's happening in November, December, which is also strange. But we'll get into that all in a second. So the World Cup has been hosted in the Middle East for the first time ever, and it's been hosted by small but rich nation Qatar. So the gas rich Qatar were awarded the World Cup 12 years ago in very dubious circumstances. I'm aware there's a FIFA documentary. I have not watched it yet, but I'm aware of the news stories at the time. So I was following at the time, the FIFA found to be have taken bribe upon bribes to get Qatar the World Cup. And it makes sense when you start to hear why. The World Cup spend for Qatar apparently is in excess of three hundred billion dollars. So imagine spending three hundred billion dollars to hold a one-month sporting event—very, very, very very peak. Um, And three hundred billion dollars is about a quarter trillion pounds. And construction apparently is only accounted for a small fraction of this three hundred billion dollar spent. So how can Qatar afford this dramatic spend on? such a luxury which this is a this is a sporting event well they have ridiculous wealth ridiculous ridiculous wealth and this comes from so much liquid natural gas a super chilled version of the fuel that they ship to most asian buyers with long-term contracts so the money's just coming in relentlessly do you get it? they share one of the world's largest natural gas fuels with their neighboring country iran this has made them one of the world's richest countries on a per capita basis. Every time I look at who's the world's richest country in terms of people's earnings on average, Qatar is always near the top. They have a population, in terms of n- native Qataris, there's about 350,000 native Qataris. You probably find more people in Leeds. But the majority, like Dubai, the, the majority of its population is made up of, of, made up of expats who come in to work on a country on business visas. Thanks to the robust oil prices, um, which is the peg for most of um, Qatar's contracts, the country's enjoying a big year. Big, big, big year. And expected to generate a surplus of 13% of GDP. Imagine, we're seeing that we're saying that our GDP might be going down by 1.4% next year, and they're looking at a surplus of 13%. According to S&P Global Ratings. With demand for um, liquidated national gas surging across Europe because Europe are having an energy crisis. Hint, hint, Ukraine war. The country the country is eating good. The country has embarked on almost a um, $50 billion project to expand capacity by more than 60% before the end of the decade. Capital e- economics predicts that the expansion will boost its GDP by 25% by the end of 2027. So Qatar, due to their blessed wealth and excess of natural resources are going to be very very well off already very very well off and they continue to be so for the near future and if you look at how they spent this 300 billion dollars i've got some figures here and this came from bloomberg intelligence in the 2019 report um city um, is where the world cup finals will be played it's costing them 45 billion dollars to build up the city the metro system in doha the capital 36 billion dollars expansion to the airport cost them 15 and a half billion dollars stadiums cost them 10 billion dollars a new port cost them 7.4 billion dollars regeneration of downtown doha cost them four and a half billion dollars and economic zones cost them 3.2 billion dollars so this is a lot of spending ahead of this world cup Um, The Qatari officials hope that the infrastructure developed as part of the PrEP for the World Cup will assist in boosting the country's non-energy economy. So if you see like for like the United Arab Emirates and places like Dubai, of course, a lot of their money comes from natural resources, but they have done very well to boost uh, foreign direct investment and get people to come in in their economic free zones and start up businesses and make wealth there. They've really managed to build... And build a sustainable econ- economy away from their oil wealth. And of course, the Qataris are looking to do something similar. They don't even have a plan. I don't know what going to have to do with their shiny new stadiums because there's a, they don't like exactly have the world's biggest football league, and they're a very small country. While natu- um, liquefied natural gas is a hot commodity now, Europe and you've heard Europeans speaking about this. You've heard. Boris Johnson and then Rishi Sunak now speak about this. People hope to be somewhat self-sufficient and non-reliant on energy from the Middle East, Russia and so on and so forth. They want to end their reliance on fossil fuels. So media depictions of Qatar as sleek and modern could help with that, drawing tourists and businesses towards the region. Most econ- economists expect non energy business activity to slow in the aftermath of the World Cup as apartment buildings and hotels empty. Because you've got all these big ass hotels, which all ain't finished, by the way. Um, they're going to be pretty much useless in the immediate aftermath when once the million odd um, tourists, sport tourists, disappear. As I said, thousands more um, hotel rooms have not been completed in time. And they're expected to hit the market for 2023 on top of that thousands or more residential units are not going to be ready what was interesting about this is that qatar tried to claim that this was the first carbon neutral world cup but of course that's been um, debunked already this tournament is expected to generate record revenue for fifa so far the largest Revenue achieved by FIFA was the last World Cup of 2018 in Russia, and they got approximately five and a half billion dollars, right? And it's expected to top this. And what's also interesting, element about this World Cup, this is like the first major uh, world spectacle since um, the COVID pandemic that started at the back end of 2019, early 2020, because of course the Tokyo Olympics wasn't able to host tourists. And in terms of like the logistics of the World Cup, all the games will be played within a 30 31-mile mile radius of Doha's main Cornish, which is like main roads and areas. Like It's going to be very, very centralised, whereas other World Cups, like in, let's say the World Cup was going to be in England, you're going to have, obviously, games played in London, games played in Manchester, games played in Birmingham um you know, games played in liverpool games played maybe southampton that's all across the country that's not gonna be the same in this world cup in terms of sales almost 3 million tickets had been sold by mid-october and that's pretty much the majority if not all of the seats um alongside Qatari residents people from saudi arabia and neighboring uae were amongst the top buyers um, according to fifa of course, fans from USA, Mexico, Britain, France, Argentina, Brazil, and Germany are also set to arrive in Doha, but none from China, well, I can't say none, but hardly any from China due to COVID restrictions that are keeping COVID that are keeping Chinese consumers away. One of the peakest problems regarding this World Cup for Qatar, um, outside of bribing to get it, is that the fact that they are a small country. So having accommodation for over a million visitors is going to be a tricky thing. They have turned to alternative methods of accommodation, such as using cruise ships, desert camps, and service apartments to host. Many hotels have not even been completed in time. And what I saw, I saw this, um, I remember hearing about these fan like tent zone areas and looking at them, they look horrible. It's giving fire festival, no cap. Like they are these thick plastic tents. Then you don't really want a thick plastic tent in the swirling heat of Qatar. The security for these tents is once you sit them up, you have like these small little padlocks. I'm going to be safe. There's no air con. It's just a fan. Um, <laughs> it's wild. The ground isn't uneven and it costs 175 quid a night. Do you know what I'm getting for 175 quid a night in Mykonos or something like that? Come on, brother! Come on, man! It's it's awful there, awful there. Um, and because and because of these extortionate but not the most ideal modes of accommodation, and also just like the typical good accommodation went in no time on this, or is extremely expensive. Fans have decided to stay in neighboring regions. And because of this, um, deals are struck to enable shuttle flights from neighboring regions going over a hundred times a day. So fans can fly in and out of these cities into Doha and get return flights every single day. So you can go from Kuwait city from Kuwait, Rihad from Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, and Dubai from United Arab Emirates. And of course, Muscat from Oman. So if you're like, if you're saying Dubai, it's like 55 minute flight to Doha, so it's not too bad. In terms of the spend on infrastructure projects, you see the massive difference this World Cup has made to Qatar. So from 1950 to 2013, um, road networks um, spread around 492 kilometres. From 2013 to 2022, now they spread 1,791 kilometres. Cycle paths in the same time frame: 22 kilometres. Now 2,131 kilometres. Bridges, 22 kilometres. Now 200 kilometres. Oh, sorry, there's 20, there's 22 bridges now, they're now 200. Like these are massive, massive infrastructure projects that have gone on in Qatar to get them ready for the World Cup and not all of them are completed. Oh, some other points on the crazy fan tents. The water looks brown, like I, you could see the videos online. Like a lady will say, she's, she's not brushing her teeth in there. She's using bottled water to brush her teeth, crazy. Now, for some more controversy, outside the controversy of the uh, of the laborers and thousands allegedly dying building these stadiums and infrastructure which I want to do in a separate pod I probably want to go into more detail and probably link that to other regions that get built up really really fast and of course there are human rights issues with regards to the lgbt community you can be jailed for displays of such um Some people saying questionable women's rights, so on and so forth. The latest issue for, in terms of specifically to the Spectacles of the World Cup is the alcohol issue. Now, alcohol won't be sold to fans in the eight stadiums this World Cup um, announced by FIFA 48 hours before the start of the tournament. They changed their policy 48 hours before the start of the tournament. And speaking to some of my boys, shout out Lewis from Touchdown Fracas. He was detailing to me, which is what I thought of before that, they weren't moving units because obviously fans are like, mm, Qatar, mm, are we going to be able to move? How are we usually moving the World Cups? Nah. They changed, they changed the rules, advertised, and then they sold tickets. And now all tickets are sold, the World Cups here, they switched it up again. It is insane. What's mad is that although fans won't be allowed to buy beer and stuff like that as advertised in the stadiums, but in the corporate segments, they will be able to purchase alcohol <laughs> which is insane and the corporate suites are minimum 20k a match come on ridiculous and you're able to purchase them in some fan you're able to purchase alcohol on some fans and areas but a pint of beer will cost you 12 quid that's that's not cheap at all the alcohol was due to be served in select areas within the stadiums. And Budweiser, a major to sponsor the World Cup, had exclusive rights to sell beer at the World Cup. This is a £65 million contract. Um, they posted a tweet that day and they deleted it saying, well, this is awkward. They must be fuming and I wonder what's going to happen. Um, AB InBev spokesperson, who is um, the owner, parent company of Budweiser, said that they could not proceed with some of the planned stadium's activations because of circumstances beyond our control. FIFA should be looking, and the Qataris should be looking nervously over their shoulder for some legal action because unless you're gonna, they're going to pat and Budweiser with some whopping compensation, it's going to be peak. And what's super interesting about this is because FIFA literally made Brazil change their laws regarding selling alcohol matches in 2014. But they couldn't manage to do this with Qatar. I guess their hands are tied and tired of money. Um... I was reading this in The Guardian. One rep from another major sponsor speaking anonymously said that many partners felt that they've been let down by FIFA in lots of ways. They also indicated there had been informal discussions about potential contractual breaches and reneging on deliverables. Everyone has a gripe in some way or form, they added. There's a lot of regrouping going on to understand what the options are, contractually speaking. And according to the New York Times, staff members were told the move had followed security advice but that but that had checked but that the change had originated from Sheikh Hasim bin Hawad bin Khalifa Al tani the brother of Qataris ruling emir and the real most active in the day to day plan of the tournament what's what's the gist is that they want to make sure the large number of supporters from Gulf and Asian countries where drinking alcohol is not part of the culture felt comfortable. So it's like, we're still upholding our values, but we're still kind of adhering to the Western way of things. It's a bit of a mad one and it is very, very slimy. Um, I think this is fraudulent. It's not like alcohol can't be served. You're limiting where it's served. And you gave people clear and concise instructions on, on the pattern and you changed the pattern 40 hours before. That is absolutely insane. And for reason why the World Cup should have never been in Qatar in the first place. Not because a Muslim country or the Middle East don't deserve a World Cup. As long as it's done under proper conditions where, one, they're not embarking on these projects that, one, aren't going to be built on time and, two, built off the back of the blood of migrant and um, local workers in their thousands. Imagine working for hours in the Qatari heats at the cost of messing up the football schedule, and constant nonsense. It's ridiculous, totally ridiculous. Now, what are the laws around drinking and general behaviour in Qatar? Well, it's just an offence to be drunk or drink alcohol while out in public, especially if it leads to disorderly or offensive behaviour. Fair enough, that's the rules of the land. So I really, really hope fans behave themselves because if they don't behave themselves and they get hit with uh, 3000 Qatari Riyal, which is about seven bills worth of fines, or six months in prison, you're going to have to hold that. You knew the laws, the UK government had advised you, and you broke them, hold that. UK government has also advised tourists to dress modestly, including whilst driving. Men and women are advised not to wear shorts or sleeveless tops if they're going into government buildings, healthcare facilities, or shopping malls. You may be asked to leave or denied entry altogether. Women must also cover their shoulders and avoid wearing short skirts. Any level of intimacy between men and women, included between teenagers, can lead to arrests. <laughs> so don't be on this lip-syn, pediating, hella, hella, hella. You might get panned, fam. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Living together whilst unmarried is forbidden in Qatar, as is sex outside marriage, as is homosexual behaviour. It's also illegal Qatar, which also led to a lot of heavy criticism um, to host the World Cup, despite its anti-LGBT laws, which is very, very interesting, because I understand the people who have criticism for this, but it's a bit mad because where does it stop? Do you know what I mean? Like the higher mind, like the people from that community, I understand. Do you know what I mean? Individual people, I understand. But like certain figures in the media, certain journalistic productions, certain sports networks, governing bodies, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not gonna come and do this thing where oh, we can't have a World Cup I Qatar because these laws, but you will go to the Middle East on holiday. How many countries in the world have these laws? Do you, do you want to ban their football teams from taking part in the World Cup? If you're not keeping that energy, then keep it in And there's always high and mighty stuff from Western countries, like n- literally not too far, a country and a half down for Qatar is Iraq, where... Many of the nations, well, a few of the nations involved in this World Cup, were dropping bombs there, which has sent the region into 21 years of utter chaos and misery. So, I like that. Like, man's not, not here for that whatsoever. Moving on. Swearing and making rude gestures are also concede, considered obscene acts in Qatar, and offenders risk being jailed or deported. You don't want that. Some visitors attempt to film or take photographs in sensitive areas such as religious, military and construction sites have been arrested. Yeah? Don't be taking pictures of us messing up construction. <laughs> tourists should always check whether they have permission before getting their camera out. And also Qatar has strict privacy laws. So regarding photos and videos posted on social media. So tourists should take extra care of this too. Any material that is culturally sensitive could be considered insulting or slander and are polished by law. So they're not ramping up there. You get me. So, yeah, man, you just better behave yourself out there before you get sent to lashes, fam. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, man, that's it for this week's pods. I hope you've been informed about the, econ- the economics of the Qatari World Cup and the issues around it. And on to the midweek. Peace and blessings. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.